It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. Use the code FEAST. It is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We're getting more and more people signing up at FantasyPoints.com using the code FEAST, which makes sense because you hear what Joe Dolan says here on the Fantasy Feast Podcast and you like it, you love it, you want some more of it at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod. Really appreciate those of you that retweet and like when we post about the podcast on the various social media platforms. Part one, of course, was all about the Thursday nighter and the Sunday one o'clock games. Part two, it's the Sunday late game, Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. Joe, we shall start with the Jets and the Chargers. Our buddy, our producer, Brian Neal, will be there. Jets, Chargers. Hey, usually you just dismiss the Jets. But after that last Monday night game with Flacco and the receivers, are you going to dismiss them or is there something to talk about? No, I mean, there's still something to talk about. Prashad Perriman, hey, finally paying off for uh, some of the best ball shares that we have going down the field. The Chargers have been gettable on the back end. Jamison Crowder obviously has been kind of a wide receiver three uh, with, with some wide receiver two upside, depending on the targets he gets. Let's check on the status of Sam Darnold, but Joe Flacco distributed the ball pretty well in that game. Um, and I think he could take a shot on the Michael P. Ryan in the backfield as kind of a flex option. Nobody's excited about playing these guys, but there could be points scored in this game because we know the Chargers are going to score and the Chargers defense has been giving up production. Uh, obviously things will help either Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco if Joey Bosa can't come back from that concussion. He's missed a couple of games. So let's, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But yeah, the Jets are, they've got some guys who, if you're in a bind, you can put in your lineup. Let's put it that way. Not something that, that I'm excited to do, but, uh, Brashad Perriman making an impact was, uh, was a positive there for New York. On the other side with the Chargers, that was not a good performance by Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Um and eventually it's going to happen. I mean, it, it it wasn't the greatest of performances by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a rookie quarterback. Now, the thing that I'm I'm wondering here when it comes to the Chargers. They look, I can't believe Kalen Balaj is their lead back. I uh, I, I mean, it's it, yay. I mean, great. Um, uh, I'm not a Kalen Balaj guy. I never have been a Kalen Balaj guy. Um, but they did have a tough matchup against the Miami defense. So keep that in mind. Um, this is not as tough a matchup. And I, I, get, I go back to a couple weeks ago when Kansas City played the Jets. And we're all thinking, oh, my Lord. Uh, it looks like. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to get 25 carries, and Le'Veon Bell is going to get 20, and the Chiefs are just going to run it down the Jets' throats. And that is the complete opposite of what happened. Andy Reid came out and said the, the New York Jets are a pass-funnel defense. They are much worse on the back end than they are in the front seven. We are going to throw the ball all day. I wouldn't be shocked if Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator here with the, the Chargers, and Anthony Lynn decide, let's get Justin Herbert back on track. Let's throw the ball all over the yard in this game. It's a great matchup for Keenan Allen. It is a great matchup for Mike Williams. It was phenomenal to finally see Hunter Henry get off the schneid and get in the end zone. And it was one of those plays where you're holding your breath because Justin Herbert's rolling out to the right 
and you see my uh, Hunter Henry leak out in the back of the end zone, going towards the back pylon, and and freaking neighbors, the uh, the fullback is in front of Justin Herbert. You're like, oh no, do not check it down to neighbors at the goal line. Justin Herbert threw the ball finally to Hunter Henry in the end zone, so he got off the Schneid last week. The backfield is obnoxious, though, because I'm not a Kalen Balazs guy. I don't think it's a great matchup for the run game anyway. It doesn't look like Austin Eckler is going to be back uh, just yet. So uh, Balazs, I mean, he's been the guy. Justin Jackson's on IR. Um, they clearly have uh, – they, they've put um, – uh, Joshua Kelly in the doghouse. So yeah, I'm. I think Kalen Balaj is a low end RB two if you need him. But to me, this is a pass funnel defense, and I wonder if the Chargers are going to take that approach. Next up, Tua and the Dolphins at the Denver Broncos. If you can find a worse fantasy game this week, be my guest. Be my guest. That's the way I look at it. Um, uh, last week, I look with, with the Miami Dolphins. They might have found something last week with Savon Ahmed, the running back uh, out of Washington, where he actually played behind Miles Gaskin at Washington. But Matt Breida's practicing this week, so is Matt Breida going to come in and take touches from Savon Ahmed, who looked really good, and I think they should continue rolling with him. But you look at the passing game production against the Chargers, who, by the way, are very beatable. Uh, in, in the secondary, Tua completes 15 passes for 169 yards and two touchdowns. One of the touchdowns goes to Jakeem Grant, who's kind of a low-end wide receiver three. Devontae Parker uh, got a touchdown called back. He had seven targets and caught just two of them. So he had no production. The other touchdown was a designed play to the backup tight end, Durham Smythe. So he's not somebody you're playing. This passing game isn't great right now. Um, so it's not one I really trust outside of like Jakeem Grant and Devontae Parker as low-end wide receiver threes. In the backfield, I'm considering Savan Ahmed uh, a flex play, but you have to keep an eye on the status of Matt Breida. So it is not a great offense right now for Miami when it comes to fantasy, despite that team being 6-3 and three and headed towards the playoffs. How about Denver and Drew Locke? Uh, Drew Locke's hurt. He's been terrible. I mean, he's turning the ball over at a prodigious rate. Miami's defense has been, I mean, arguably over the last month, the best in the NFL, um, which which is high praise for what Brian Flores has been able to do, the way he generates pressure. This is a horrible matchup for the Denver Broncos, whether it's Drew Locke or whether it's uh, or whether it's um, Brett Rippon. If they could pull John Elway out of the press box, it's a horrible it's a horrible matchup for the Denver Broncos. I don't feel good about anybody in this matchup, maybe with the exception of Jerry Judy, uh, who's who's starting to get open. But again, you have that wonderful cornerback duo of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I would not be shocked if Denver struggles to put up 200 yards of offense in this game. By the way, the backfield was atrocious last week. Philip Lindsay ran for two yards in that game. Melvin Gordon, I think, ran for 21, and neither one of them caught a pass. Let's get to the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Looks like the Cowboys will get Andy Dalton back, Joe. He's going to start is the question. He's coming off the COVID list. We're recording this on Wednesday. He's off the COVID list. Um, uh, presumably his cleared concussion protocol. Or are they going to go with Garrett Gilbert, who kind of gave them a spark in that game against Pittsburgh? We're not sure of that yet. Um, either way, um, I think there's a little bit more life to this Cowboy offense. And C.D. Lamb is the receiver who I keep going back to because Minnesota's given up production out of the slot this year. Um, so C.D. Lamb is the guy. If I'm playing one of these Cowboy receivers – 
probably the one that I'm most excited about. Amari Cooper is probably in your lineup. I think Michael Gallup's on your bench at this stage. Keep an eye on the backfield. Zeke Elliott's been dinged up. He hasn't been good anyway. Are they going to give Tony Pollard more touches going forward? As I stand right now, I think Zeke's an RB2 and Pollard is a flex. Um, and C.D. Lamb is my favorite player offensively for Dallas. But just because they got some life out of Garrett Gilbert and maybe Andy Dalton plays in this game, doesn't all of a sudden mean I think this is going to be a good offense. I still think it's going to stink. Vikings. Um, you know, they didn't put up a ton of money. How about Justin Jefferson, though, Joe? Yeah, he's he, he's getting open on a regular basis. Here's the issue, though. Minnesota's a seven-point favorite in this game. And you know how Mike Zimmer wants to play. If they have a lead, they are going to run the heck out of the ball. So as good as Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen have been, it sucks that you still kind of have to hold your breath when you're playing those guys because you know that if the game is non-competitive, it's going to be a Dalvin Cook game. Heck, even in a 1913 game against Chicago, Dalvin Cook had 30 carries. I mean, come on. Like... So Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I think you have to suck it up and say these guys are wide receiver twos. But the problem is if they get out to a lead here at home as touchdown favorites, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are going to carry the football in this game. So obviously Dalvin Cook is like the RB1. There's no confusion there. Kirk Cousins is a viable streamer because of the matchup. By the way, the Cowboys just put Trevon Diggs, the rookie corner, on IR uh, with a foot injury. So it's a better matchup, but you can also look at this and say, if Minnesota drives down the field, gets a touchdown run from Dalvin Cook on the first possession, then forces a three and out, this might be one of those games where Kirk Cousins throws 15 passes. That is always a risk when you stream Kirk Cousins, even in a great matchup. Up next is Green Bay and Indianapolis. But before we get to Green Bay and Indianapolis, Joe, I need to tell you about the National Lacrosse League. You know why? Because I went to Princeton and we won the national championship three out of the four years. For the first time ever, you can get official National Lacrosse League fan gear from Fanatics. Fanatics is the official shop for National Lacrosse League fan gear. Whoever you root for, wherever you live, they have absolutely awesome logos, team names, everything. You got to check it out. It is amazing. I've got a couple of teams. I got the Philadelphia team. I've got multiple teams that I'm a big fan of now, primarily because their gear is so awesome. Fanatics is the only place to buy official National Lacrosse League fan gear. Do what I did and get yours in time for the upcoming season. Save 25% when you use my promo code fantasy feast at shopnll.com. That's shopnll.com slash fantasy feast promo code fantasy feast to get 25% off. Shopnll.com slash fantasy feast promo code fantasy feast. How about feasting on that Packers Colts matchup, Joe? Well, here's what's going to be interesting with Green Bay. First and foremost, it's a bad matchup. Indianapolis has a really good defense. And Green Bay is getting closer to getting Alan Lazard back from that core muscle 
injury. Uh, but all of a sudden, just when you're like, Alan Lazard's coming back, and Aaron Rodgers is finally going to have a number two receiver to throw the ball to, Marquez Valdez-Scantling comes out and has two massive games in a row. So I'm a little wary to play Valdez-Scantling for fantasy, though, knowing how he's been kind of a – He's, he's kind of like David Copperfield, just like he, he has these spectacular games and then he makes them disappear just like that. Like he's had multiple goose eggs this year, despite having games where he's scoring 75 yard touchdowns. So if Alan Lazard is back, I'm probably going to wait and see, especially in this matchup on the secondary receivers for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm looking at this in a bad matchup as being an Aaron Rodgers. You got to play him at this at this point. Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, you might have heard of that guy. You should probably play him. And Aaron Jones with a little, little bit of Jamal Williams, who they're still mixing in on passing downs as a potential flex play. But this is a narrow, narrow Green Bay game in this week because I want to see what they do with Alan Lazard if indeed he's back this week from that core muscle injury. Um, The other game, of course, it is the Colts in that oh. matchup. Uh, what do you think of the Colts, Joe? Uh, uh, well, uh, nothing that we can put on air uh, about fantasy. I mean, it is over right now for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, seven carries for 12 yards. Um, they're, they're using Jordan Wilkins, uh, Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines is the running back for the Colts that I want to use at this point, by the way. I, I mean... Uh, it, it, it stinks, but Philip Rivers loves checking the ball down. He's been making big plays in consecutive weeks. Um, he's the guy. I think if you're if you have the Colts, Naeem Hines is the running back you're using right now. Um, I don't I don't really I'm not terribly fond of Jordan Wilkins uh, as a player. Jonathan Taylor has struggled as a rookie. There's no two ways about that. The guy everybody's picking up for fantasy is the rookie receiver, Michael Pittman, who had seven catches for 101 yards last week against Tennessee. The problem is if Jair Alexander can play this week, you would think Jair Alexander might shadow Michael Pittman. Advantage Alexander. As talented as Michael Pittman is, he's a rookie against Jair Alexander. So if Jair Alexander shadows here, that is a huge, huge problem for the Colts passing game. I can't trust T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton has one game of 10 or more fantasy points this year. He's flat out droppable for me. I mean, he's a bench guy right now. So I'm looking at this for Indianapolis as a potential low-scoring game where the only guy I feel really good about playing is Naeem Hines. And saying I feel really good about playing him when they have a three-man backfield rotation, it's problematic. I mean, the Colts and the Dolphins are two teams that are 6-3 and three that are just not good teams for fantasy right now. Um. Let's get to Kansas City and the Las Vegas Raiders Sunday night. So this is interesting because we have uh, an over-under of 57 here. It's behind. That might that might seem a little bit high to you given the Raider offense, but that's behind only the Thursday night game, which we know. And look, Seattle, Arizona, we expect a lot of points scored in that game tonight. Uh but Kansas City, Oakland, uh, Vegas, rather, 57-point over-under. Kansas City, you know what you're doing. Like, you're, you're playing your guys. Um, the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about with Kansas City is do they start running the ball a little bit more? Because Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it, it, it hasn't been that Le'Veon Bell has taken so much work from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's that there hasn't been work at all because they're not running the football. So they decided that they are going to start just throwing the ball all over the yard, and they're going to continue doing that with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. 
Um, Miko Hardman is practicing on Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, he's uh, uh, He was on the COVID list, but it looks like he's going to go. He started to get involved a little bit more. You can consider him as a wide receiver three. Kansas City coming off of a bye. Is Sammy Watkins going to be able to play? So that throws another wrench into matters. That might hurt uh, Miko Hardman's upside. But with Kansas City, I think I'm playing Edwards Alaire as like a low-end RB2, and I'm hoping he catches some passes, maybe gets in the end zone. But this team, before it went to buy, decided we're not going to run the football at all because we have Patrick Mahomes, and why would we run the football? And it, frankly, it's worked for them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That, that, <laughs> yeah, they don't have to run it. It's unbelievable. What about Vegas? So when I look at Vegas here, um, it's three straight games, by the way, where Derek Carr has attempted 25 or fewer passes. And that is the way Vegas wants to play. Because not only is Josh Jacobs running well, but Devontae Booker is running well. So 25 or fewer passes in three straight games for Derek Carr. He's been under 200 yards passing in all of those games. However, you look at last time they played Kansas City when the Vegas Raiders won that football game. Derek Carr goes for 342 and three touchdowns with one interception. The touchdown's going to Nelson Aguilar, who's back to his old tricks by dropping passes now, uh, and uh, Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller. Derek Carr's numbers last week would have looked a lot better if Darren Waller didn't drop a long touchdown. Uh, he hit him right in the hands, um, and he just dropped it. But they are going to have to throw the ball a little bit more this week. Um, I, I would certainly anticipate that it's not going to be another game of 25 or fewer pass attempts for Derek Carr. The problem for the Raiders is what wide receiver do you trust? They mix it all around. Aguilar, Ruggs, both those guys are on the wide receiver three radar and it's basically, do you guess right this week? Is one of those guys the guy who's going to score the touchdowns this week? So they're both wide receiver threes. You have to play Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's there's nothing you can do but play Josh Jacobs. He's been really good this year. You have to play him, but you understand the game plan for the Raiders the last three weeks has been to run the football. I doubt they're going to be able to do that with the uh, uh, with the aplomb that they've had the last three weeks because Kansas City is going to score more points than the Raiders off uh, than the Raiders opponents the last three weeks. Let's get to the Rams and the Bucks, and this is going to be our highlighted DraftKings game of the week, Joe. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, now, Andrew Whitworth out is obviously yeah. bad. For the Rams right now, the Rams are three and a half point underdogs on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I think Whitworth out is significant. Uh, reminder, by the way, get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone and use the promo code Ross when you sign up. You get a thousand dollar bonus, which is insane. Just make sure you use the code Ross there. Uh, but I also think there might be a bunch of points in this game. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I would anticipate that there would be a bunch of points in this game. Uh, Forty-eight and a half is the line right now, um, which which is on the, which is on the higher end. But you know, as we anticipate, as we talked about on last week's podcast, the the Buccaneers' performance against the Saints um, a couple of weeks ago was just a burn the tape performance. It was one of those games that I didn't think you could glean anything from. They just got their butts whipped, and and they came out this week and looked a whole hell of a lot better. Uh, the question I have with 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 the Rams is last week they had DK, uh, uh, they basically shadowed DK Metcalf with, with Jalen Ramsey, not exclusively. It wasn't every snap, but will they do the same this week? And I'm not sure they can do that with the way the Buccaneers mix up their wide receivers. So I know Mike Evans has been getting involved more and more recently. 
Tom Brady, for as big a numbers as Tom Brady and Mike Evans both put up in that game last week against Carolina, Brady overthrew Evans for like three touchdowns. Like he could have had a much bigger game. So are are the Rams going to look at this and say, hey, we need to slow down Mike Evans or are they going to realize, say, hey, look, they put Antonio Brown on the outside. They put Chris Godwin on the outside. They put Edmonds in the slot sometimes. We can't follow Mike Evans around. We can't follow any of these guys around. That would be the way I lean when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think Tom Brady and these three receivers, look, I understand how annoying it is, but we've only seen them in two games with Antonio Brown. One of them, nobody came through. Nobody came through because the Buccaneers' entire offense was garbage against the Saints. Last week, everybody came through because the Buccaneers' offense was awesome against the Carolina Panthers. So my lean is I think you play all three of these wide receivers, Evans and Godwins as wide receiver two, Brown as a wide receiver three, until we get a better picture of what the average game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looks like. I think we saw two extremes in Antonio Brown's two games, which makes this a really difficult situation to break down. Tight end, Gronkowski's a a tight end one right now. There's not too many tight ends I trust more than him. Uh, Maybe, uh, I mean... It, it's it's hard, but like the only one where I'm actually like thrilled about is Travis Kelsey right now because the position is such a wasteland. In the backfield, the one problem last week was Ronald Jones got the carries. He had the 98-yard touchdown. Leonard Fournette didn't need to play on third downs and passing downs because they led the entire way. So it's still like you're still playing a guessing game in that backfield, but we know Ronald Jones is going to get the early down work against the Rams. What about the Rams on the other side, Joe, against the Bucks defense? Oh. Which I don't know. I don't know if the Bucks defense is as good as we thought it was. Now, maybe it's not, but the problem with this Ram offense is how many freaking players they use. And it's it's getting it's driving me damn nuts, Ross. I'm gonna be honest. And and here is the issue with the passing game. First and foremost, Andrew Whitworth being out. I know that the news wasn't as bad as they feared, but he's still going to miss this game. So that Buccaneer pass rush is going to get after Jared Goff. So I'm downgrading this offense across the board. The problem here is how about how involved Josh Reynolds has been the last three games for the Los Angeles Rams, eight targets, nine targets, 10 targets. That is hurting. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. The, the one thing you thought with the Rams this year was at least we know Woods and Cup are going to get their targets. Well, Josh Reynolds, here he is to, to throw a, a wrench into things. The backfield, three-man rotation. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Cam Akers led him in carries this week. Good luck guessing right there. I still think Daryl Henderson is the best option. But Jared Goff is downgraded without Andrew Whitworth against this defense. Um, oh, by the way, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Yeah, we're going to get those guys involved too. So what I see here is an offense that clearly is moving the football. But it just lost maybe the single player it could afford to lose least, uh, with the, maybe the exception of Jared Goff, just because they don't have a good backup quarterback, and Andrew Whitworth against a good defense. Um, you're on the highway, so you're underdogs as is, going cross-country. Um, it is a Monday night game, so you have extra time to prepare. I'm not terribly certain this is a great matchup for the Los Angeles Ram offense. I, I think Woods and Cup are low-end wide receiver, too. Uh, and take a, uh, I, I would like to avoid Goff this week, if possible, and take your pick in this damn backfield, because I don't really know which guy to trust. By the way, the total for that game on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 47 and a half. So you know it is 47 and a half. And what you also know is to go to fantasypoints.com, use the code FEAST, no matter what your purposes are. You want better information to know who to put in your DFS lineup at DraftKings? 
fantasypoints.com. Use code FEAST. Other than that, I'm totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.